Welcome to the Rise Resolute Podcast. I'm Gina Meyer. I'm a doctor of physical therapy committed to empowering every woman to live a vibrant, fulfilling, experience-seeking, and healthy life. It is my pleasure to have Samantha Palmer on the podcast today. She is a volunteer assistant coach um, at the University of Alabama, and she's also a runner herself, and she's a champion of women and girls, and I'm just so happy to have her. So welcome, Sam. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here on this podcast with you. Absolutely. Um, Well, I am totally pumped to have this conversation. And before we dig in, I would love it if you would just give the listeners a little more background on who you are, Sam. I guess I'll kind of share my journey on getting to the University of Alabama. Um, So my husband and I started dating a little bit after I graduated college. Um, I ran at Iowa State University and right after college, actually was taking going back um, my fifth year, I was, you know, typical fifth year freaking out, not sure what she wanted to do with the rest of her life. And it was the first year I had a head coach that was a female. Um, and she pulled me aside one day and was like, you know, I think, you know, have you ever thought about coaching? And I was like, you know, I brought it up once, but I had a male coach tell me like, don't get into the profession, don't do it. Uh, and so I was kind of turned off by that, but she pushed me to get into it. And so Right after I graduated, I took a job at the University of Toledo and I spent four years there. I had an awesome boss and he, I wanted to get back into competitive running. And so he allowed me to do that, helped me figure out a schedule so that I could balance coaching at the D1 level and still pursue my dreams as a runner. Um, and so then I pursued the marathon, had a ton of fun with that. And then my husband and I got married and we were coaching actually in two different at two different schools. I was in Ohio and he was out in DC. And so when we got married, he actually accepted the job as the assistant coach here at Alabama. And it was right after I had decided I kind of wanted to take, um, I wanted to be a little selfish with my own running. Um, and so it allowed me to move here, volunteer and still be a part of the team and help the women, but yet focus on my own running for a few years. And so we have done that, I guess, three years now. We're just finishing up our third school year here. Awesome. Really exciting stuff. What a fun journey. And so now you're there, you're volunteering as a coach with your husband and you're still running on some level, kind of pursuing those goals as well. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Um, well, very cool. And I think it's important to mention to everyone that, you know, you're no slouch when it comes to running and have had a lot of successes <laughs> and qualified for the Olympic trials and all of these things. So massively impressive there. Congratulations with your with your uh, you, running girl. career so far. And it sounds like you found something you're super passionate about in coaching as well. So I'm excited to hear more about that. But um, but your story about the female coach who really mm-hmm. sort of um, gave you the push you needed to you know consider coaching is awesome. And it's a perfect segue into you know how I like to start off the podcast and something I am super passionate about. And that is how we as women are able to witness and, and, and provide help to other women in our lives and how we can lift each other up. So so it sounds like mm-hmm. that coach did that for you, Sam. Do you have any other examples that you would want to share um, in regards yeah. to that? And so I think this is, I mean, I think this is a big reason why I got into college coaching um, is I felt like, you know, I, I look back on my own recruiting process and I rarely ever, I think I talked to one female coach throughout the entire recruiting process. What? Wow. Yes. Wow. And um, it was Jill Miller. She was at Brown at the time. Um, she's now at Northwestern. But... Anyways, 
then when I became a college athlete, um, my first school, I never had a female coach. I transferred after my sophomore year and they always had a, an assistant coach that was a female and it, it made a huge difference having a female voice, um, there at practice every single day. And then having Andrea, my fifth year as my direct coach, um, it, it was the first time I don't know. There was something different about it. Like the relationship that I formed with her and she was able to form with the women on the team. It, it seriously brought our women or our team together in like, we were already a close team, but the dynamic that she brought just took it to a different level. Um, and it really excited me. And I think it, you know, now coaching, uh, you know, I'm, I'm biased because I love coaching women. Um, I probably don't ever see myself coaching men. I don't have that personality. I don't think, but like, <laughs> it, you know, like I, I want to impact people. Like that's why I want to coach and the dynamic of a female team is so cool and so powerful. Um, and I don't, I don't think enough coaches take advantage of what building this amazing team culture on a women's team can do to performance. Um, and maybe it's the same way on a men's team, but I just feel like it's so powerful on a men's team. And so I credit a lot. I mean, all of that to Andrea, basically, (laughs) she's the one who pulled me into coaching and kind of gave me the kick I needed. Um, and it it was really scary at first. Um, I'd love this, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I was telling you that I had looked at your blog um, and the most recent post on Title IX and just um, bringing women into sports. And I think this is just such a testament to how we all as women need to be an advocate for women in sports. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and to to tell women that it's okay to do these things that, you know, we're we're breaking into areas that are predominantly dominated by men in, in terms of coaching and all of that. And I just love, I just love that you had that experience and that you're now going to go on and, and, you know, pass that along to other women. I think it's awesome. It's super cool. Um, and so tell me a little bit too, I'm sure in your career as a runner, Sam, that you have gained a lot of grit and perseverance, um, through, through your run. I mean, as, as a, as a runner who is not nearly as elite as you, you are, I know that me, for me personally, that's what it's done for me. So talk to me a little Mm -hmm. bit about how running has shaped you as a person and helped you with your grit and perseverance and how you see that continuing onward into whatever lies ahead for you, be it coaching or continued, um, you know, continued running? Yeah. I mean, I think, so I grew up in a town, it goes back to when I was younger, I guess. Um, I grew up in a town of 300 people, um, in Wisconsin. And so, you know, running, I kind of fell into running because I hated other sports. Um, and I kind of like being alone. (laughs) So (laughs) it was just like the perfect match. Um, but it was like extremely competitive as a child. And so it worked really well. Um, but when I got to college, I, I was very underdeveloped in high school, which was, was really good because I had a lot of upside and I wasn't burnt out on the sport, but it also made my transition to college pretty difficult. Um, just because I didn't have the training base behind me that a lot of the women did. Um, and so I really struggled my first two years of college, um, cause I didn't adapt well growing up in a non-diverse town in Midwest Wisconsin and then going to a big college town outside of, you know, two or three hours outside of Chicago was a bit of a culture shock for me. Um, and so I think <laughs> being at the top in high school and then I remember my freshman year being at 
pre-nationals at cross country and like the the golf cart that brings up the rear of the race was like right behind me and like having to deal with those emotions yeah. of like being on the top and then going all the way to the bottom was really hard to learn um but it also <laughs> i i knew deep down that like i loved running so much and i loved competing so much that like i just needed to stick it out and show up each and every day and give it everything I had. And eventually like it would, you know, it would turn around and I'd start having success and, and it did happen. But like, I don't know, I got to, I got to the end of the college and I, I was never an all American. Um, but something in me was like, Sam, you need to keep running. You love it too much. Like I love competing still. Like I have something to prove. And I think being told no a lot <laughs> yeah. um, and just having to learn to like pick yourself back up, like being told no, but to, like I tried to join training groups after college, like coaching was not necessarily the first thing I wanted to do. Like I, to be honest, like I wanted to keep training, um, but like I couldn't find somebody to take me on a group or anything. And so just being told no, but like still feeling that like need to do it inside of me. Um, I think that really, I don't know, the underdog story of like, I just kind of always had that in the back of my head. Like, you know, I have still have something to prove and like, I just need to show up every day and like keep working hard. I think that, you know, just <laughs> put grit and perseverance in me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you know what? I think this is so cool because I think it's really true that if we don't have, you know, the pain of being the underdog or disappointments or frustrations or whatever, that we mm -hmm. don't have the same kind of growth, you know, mm -hmm. in our life. And it's sort of hard to look at it this way when you're in it, right? I mean, right yes. now I have it like basically a fractured foot and I can't run and it's driving me crazy. But mm -hmm. I, you know, you really have to almost consider it like a pure gift to have these trials and these frustrations because they help you grow. They help you test your perseverance and ultimately shape you um, for whatever's coming next. You know, mm -hmm. it's hard to realize that at the time though, isn't it? It's yes. so hard. Yes. It's really hard. It's so hard. And then I'm like, you know what? I went through, there's a reason I went through those things as a college athlete. Like, cause now I see my athletes go through it right. and I can, I can sit down with a yep. freshman girl on the team and be like, I promise you, you're not alone. Like I was there. This is what happened to me. You know, it, it might be a different story, but this same same idea and like I got through it like yep. you've had teammates that have done and gone through these same exact things like you will get through it you just have to believe and keep showing up every day right. and so I think it's it is really valuable now that I'm coaching like in the moment yes it sucked yeah. <laughs> as a freshman in college or right when I graduated college and you know the idea of rejection and you know being told no like those things all sucked but like now I can at least like be authentic with the girls on the team and be like, you're not alone. Like yeah. people, no matter how good of an athlete you are and no matter what level you get to as a runner or in your professional career, like you're going to have these days where you feel like you're at the bottom and the low of the lows, but like you're going to get through it. Like everybody gets through it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you know what? You said something twice and it like, it stuck with me the first time you said it. And then it stuck with me again. You aren't alone. And mm -hmm. um, I think that that's like, it's so important to remember when we're going through these struggles. So anyone out there today who's listening and feels like they're just alone in their pain or their frustration, whether it's with running or in life, you mm -hmm. aren't alone. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, people have walked, maybe not your exact path, but they've walked through 
through, you know, the really, really low, low times and made it to the other side and it can be done. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to remember. Um, And also (laughs) it's hard also to realize you aren't alone and to tap those friends or family or literally people that you don't even know on Instagram through a DM and reach out because we're all like, we're here to support each other, you know, Um, and that's Mm -hmm. what it's all about. So, okay. So I'm interested to know, I know we're kind of talking on this anyway, but um, I'm interested to know, I love like thinking about the athlete mindset and that perseverance Mm -hmm. part of this and, you know, all of those, those mental skills that we draw on. And so Mm -hmm. I want to hear, Sam, when you're having a crummy day, it's a bad day. (laughs) What mental skills do you draw on to help you through or to turn things around? Well, okay. I'm going to be honest. I let myself cry. I think, <laughs> I think too. All, I'm a crier for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get it out. <laughs> yes. And I tell our girls that all the time, like, even if they're really worked up before a big race and they are like, coach, I think I'm going to cry. I'm like, cry, like yeah. sit here right now. I'll give you a hug and cry it out because you're going to feel way oh. better once you get those emotions out. And it always works. They always run way better once they just cry and get it done. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it, I don't know. I think it's super important to like you can't hide those feelings. You need to own it and be okay with it and share it. Um, and so usually, like I said, I cry it out and then I just try to like, I, I try to think of a time where I've had a really crummy day and I've woken up the next morning and everything's okay. Um, because at the end of the day, like whatever I'm going through is very small in the grand scheme of life. And like, I'm a religious person. I know that God is never going to put me in a situation that I can't overcome. And that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Um, But like, I know that tomorrow I'm going to wake up. I'm going to have family that loves me. My husband's going to love me. My mom's going to love me. My dad's going to love me. Like none of those things are changing. And for me, that just really puts things in perspective. Um, And like, it's the same thing when the girls go for a big race and they're really worked up. I'm like, I'm going to love you tomorrow. Like the outcome of this race does not matter at the end of the day. Like I'm going to love you. Your teammates are still going to love you. Your mom's going to love you. Your dad's going to love you. Like none of those things are going to change. Like your self-worth as a person aren't going to change because of those things or because of how you run. Um, And I I feel like reminding yourself of those things makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, totally. You know what I really love about this? Um, I agree like it did, that the people in your life that love doesn't change. And I would like just take it one step further and say that our love for ourselves, I mean, this is sort of mm-hmm. what you're saying anyway, it does not have to change based on how we're running or how we're doing yes. whatever it is that we're doing in life. We should mm-hmm. steadily love ourselves and show ourselves grace and compassion regardless of our like outward performance and whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. We know our heart. Yes. Yeah, and it's just so important to keep that self-love and that's just yeah I love that such a good point um very cool well so we're talking about your family and your husband and friends and stuff I like to hear from athletes too and coaches um about their priorities in life so you know things that you prioritize and focus on um do you want to share some of those with us yeah I mean my marriage and my family are absolutely number one um I like for me, I want to start a family. We want to start a family um, in the near future. And I always say, like, I've always told people, like, if somebody said today, you can either keep running and make an Olympic team and never have a family, like kids of your own, or like you have to quit running today, but you can have a family. I'm like, I'm quitting running today. Like yeah. at the end of the day, running is super important to me. It, I love it. It brings me joy. I've been able to do so many awesome things because of it. 
But at the end of the day, like (laughs) my family is so important and like, I want to be a mom so bad one day. Um, (laughs) that, that is probably, I mean, the number one priority. Um, and it's crazy how like throughout different seasons of your life, your priorities shift. Um, you know, and when, when Will and I moved to Alabama and he took this job and I took the role as a volunteer, like I would say I put my running higher than the team. Um, and I was able to do that, but I think that's starting to shift now. Um, and nothing crazy has happened with my own running, but I, at at a certain point, like you get successful in your own running and you kind of feel okay with it. Um, and you're happy with what you've accomplished and it just no longer brings the joy that it used to. Um, and I'm starting to find that coaching these women and watching this program make this complete 180 has brought me so much more joy than my running is. And so I'm just really enjoying that and taking all that in. Um, but at the end of the day, my family, my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, like number one, um, just, I I don't know. I grew up in a typical Midwest family. Um, like I said earlier and my parents instilled that in me really, really young. Yeah. I just love that. I know. And I, before we started taping, I was telling you that I have four kids and just hearing you talk about this and your desire to be a mom, like it just gets me choked up because <laughs> there's just so much goodness ahead for you. It's going to be the ride of your life. So I'm excited for oh, you. I'm scared. But. Yeah. No, don't be scared. No, don't. Um, uh, it's going to be, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to yes. be so full of joy. Um, so anyway, the future is right there. I'm, I'm really, excited to to hear about your family as it as it um, emerges and grows but um anyway that those are some awesome thoughts and I think it is so important to to think about our priorities and make sure we're checking Mm -hmm. in on that because it's so easy to go through our day-to-day on sort of like an autopilot and we're Mm -hmm. not really thinking about okay like what are my really real priorities and like am I allowing am I giving too much energy to things that in the end are not going to be you know don't matter as much to Mm me um so that's I love to hear that um and so really powerful, really powerful world words. Well, before I ask some of our rapid fire wrap up questions, a couple of things. First yeah. off, if anyone would like to follow you, Sam, um, and be inspired by your journey, how did they, how would they go about doing that? Will you want to share that with them? Yes, I have an Instagram account. I guess that's my most, like the social media that I stay on top of the most. Un- it's underscore Samantha dot Palmer, P-A-L-M-E-R. There we go. Yes. Um, okay, awesome. So I, I, anyone who is listening today, I invite you to go and, and follow Sam and her journey. Um, and then before we go into the questions, I'll just give you the opportunity if there's any other um, words of encouragement that you would like to put out there to women who might be listening today, Sam. Oh, gosh. You know, I guess... I guess when I moved to Tuscaloosa, um, you know, it was really exciting. I thought that I was like getting my shot at being, you know, living my dream of being a quote unquote professional athlete and just focus all my time and energy into that. And I kind of forgot how much I like secluded myself. Um, and it actually got to be a really lonely journey. Um, (laughs) and so you know, I used, it took me a while. I'm, I'm kind of an introvert. I, I'm not like the type that's going to go out and meet a ton of friends, but you know, I felt, I felt called to like start something here in Tuscaloosa. Um, because I've been a part of women's small groups and book clubs. And I was like, gosh, I get so much out of that. Like just by being in community with other women going through life. Um, and so I started a little women's running group here in Tuscaloosa. Cause I felt like, well, if I'm, you know, if I feel lonely and I I'm seeking community and I love running, like there's gotta be other women here too, that are like feeling the same way. Um, and so 
I started in January and it has been like the biggest blessing in my life. Mm. Um, and you know, I think we have uh, 14 or 15 women in the group. Like we have a few college age women, but then they go all the way up to like 65, 70 years old. And we meet a few days a week and go for runs. But like the cool part is like just going out for coffee afterwards and like really building this community because nobody's meant to go through life alone. And like, yes, a lot of them are married and those sorts of things. But like the relationships between women are just so much different. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's been so much fun. Um, and it's, it, it's something I... I didn't think I needed when I first moved to a new place. Um, and I just kind of ignored the signs of feeling lonely and secluded. Um, and then, you know, I wish I would have acted earlier. Um, <laughs> and so I don't really know how that's advice, but. That's no, I think I it's great. That. You know, it's, it's about, for me, it's about seeking community and realizing, mm-hmm. um, you know, how important that can be in our lives. And, mm-hmm. um, and then the thing that you just said at the end is so awesome. And if someone's listening, I want it to be, I want it to light their fire today. And what you said, you said, Sam, I wish I would have acted earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if there's something burning right now in you listeners, go, just go do it. Don't wait. You know, today mm-hmm. is the day. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of us can say that I wish I love what I'm doing now. I wish I had done it earlier. And, you know, yes. we don't want to <laughs> live with regret, of course, like not mm-hmm. by any means, but, but anyone out there who's considering, you know, something, whatever it is, um, do it today. Today's the day. Um, yes. okay. Awesome. Well, a few quick, little rapid fire questions questions at the end here. I'm um, just to put a little okay. more positivity out there. So the first one is this, um, Sam, I know we talked about priorities, but now I want to hear about just simple things that bring you joy in your day to day life. Norman, my dog. Uh, I'm like, who's Norman? Okay. Norman, the dog. Uh, yes. Cute. Um, a good cup of coffee sleeping in. I hate mornings. Um, <laughs> showing up to practice that like brings me the most joy on a daily basis. Like the women on the team, I could be having the crappy stand. I show up and I'm just so much happier. Um, that's when you know you're but, doing what you love. That's when you know yes. you're doing what you love. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my little golden doodle Norman, um, he was a COVID dog. He most definitely brings me more joy than I ever thought a dog could bring a person. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. I love it. Very awesome. And we connect on the coffee thing too. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Very cool. Um, the next two are complete the sentence. Okay. So that's going out to all the listeners today. Um, the first one is complete the sentence. Say, never forget never forget where you came from yeah I love it yep never forget your roots um okay awesome and the very last one again going out to listeners complete the sentence you can this is totally stealing it from somebody but you can do anything but not everything oh look at that yes somebody told me at once I'm a yes person I have a hard time saying no to people and I, I find myself sometimes just wearing myself way too thin and doing lots of things at 75%. Um, and so I'm trying to do a better job of say, reminding myself I can do anything, but I cannot possibly do everything. Yes. Oh, my gosh. This is so awesome. I've, like, I've asked that complete the sentence a lot of times. I've never heard that. And mm-hmm. I think it's so true. And it goes back to the whole thing of thinking through our priorities in life, making sure mm-hmm. that we live with intention and that, you know, the things that we're focusing on are truly those things that are like bring us joy and, you know, our priorities in life. I just love that. Very cool. Um, awesome way to end the episode. Well, thank you so much for being here today. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. 
Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And um, listeners, thank you so much for coming along this ride with us today. I hope you got a few new ideas and some positivity and that you'll think of Sam. Um, and remember that sometimes in those difficult moments, it's okay to just have a quick cry, let those <laughs> feelings out, um, and remembering that um, you know there are a lot of opportunities in life and you can do anything that you want to do, anything, um, mm-hmm. but you can't do everything. So make sure to check in on yourself and I identify those opportunities that make the most sense to your heart. We are so much stronger together. Let's lift each other up. Connected, we can rise.